Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This episode, we are covering Season 2, Episode 1 of Sweet Tooth, titled In Captivity. This is exciting. (sighs) It's been, I think we were talking um, the last time that we uh, were recording. uh, It's been like two years. Yeah. Right? It it doesn't really feel like it, but yeah. (laughs) It's gone by. There's been so much other stuff to watch and and do. (laughs) We've been busy. So yeah, it doesn't feel like two years, but when you think back, like, oh, wow, yeah. So this, this, um, it was good to be back. I was really excited for it to come back and getting to see Gus again. I mean, not the best of circumstances, but, you know, getting to see Gus again and, you know, kind of coming back to the story uh, because I was really getting invested in the story. So I was happy to see it come back. What did you think about this week's episode? Yeah, really kind of the same as it was just jumping back into it. Uh, Again, it's good to watch recaps and things on YouTube before jumping Mm -hmm. back into it because they did. They kind of picked up right where they left off. This is the day, you know, that next morning that Gus has woken up after being captured. We're right there. It's, you know, there's no time jump or anything. Uh, Becky slash Bear is still at uh, Judy's house. Like, everything is exactly where we left it. And so to try to remember some of those things, I'm glad I had a recap to go to. Uh, Yes. Yeah. But, But it was great to pick up right back there and Oh, here's these characters that we've really grown to love over the first season, and at least some of them. There's more that we're still waiting to see. Uh, and then also just new characters and, and new things also coming up, and new story plots that I have no idea where they're going based off of this one episode, but I'm excited to see where they go. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I and I, and just for everyone's awareness, I'm I'm not gonna do like a full recap of where we left off or what happened in season one. Um, I there's a lot of recap videos out there. I think Netflix even had a quick little recap right before um, episode one for season two. So you know we might talk about the things, but I'm not gonna start out with like oh here's where we left off or here's what right. happened. So definitely check out, you know, or if you don't want to watch something, I'm sure if you pull up the Wikipedia pages, there's some nice quick, you know, brief descriptions there. So those those recaps are out there. Um we'll probably talk about obviously what happened in season one and parts of the story, but I'm not gonna go through yeah. you know like a whole recap of, of like where where we are or what happened in season one. Um we're just going to jump into, you know, season two um, stuff. So, yeah, really exciting to see see the group back. Oh, sweet little Gus. You know, I was so happy to see him. He just always yeah. filled my heart with joy, and he's just the sweetest kid. So yes. that, that made me happy whenever, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, this this is one of the things I loved about the show. So it definitely brought back some good feelings. So I was For excited sure. to have it back. Um, and speaking of being back... We were just talking offline. You're back uh, from a pretty awesome <laughs> trip. You don't have to go yeah. into a whole lot of detail or talk about what you don't want to talk about, but you know, you want to tell folks what you got to do this weekend. Yeah, um, I think I might have hinted at it before, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the last show before we were off for a little break. But if not, yeah, I was just in Santa Fe, New Mexico, this last weekend. So take, that's why we're, you know, we usually do a really quick episode one on a, a show. Usually. But, I just got back, as Rima said. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was out in Santa Fe 
as part of the Tremors Fest film festival, where over three days I got to sit down and watch all seven Tremors movies in a theater with other Tremors super fans from all over the place, other podcasters, other like YouTubers and stuff. I made some friends with some people that some of you might know, but I'm not going to name drop them. Uh, <laughs> you'll just have to You're wait too around cool for that because yeah. some of them might show up on a Run for Your Lives in the future. So. <laughs> You have to see, but the, yeah, and then a lot of the, you know, the directors of all of the movies were there, and writers, and some of the cast, including Michael Gross, Burt Gummer himself, Woo-hoo! which he is just one of the kindest people I have ever met and talked to, and that was awesome to get to do. But yeah, so my Tremors fanboy just had an incredible weekend, <laughs> and so tune in to Run For Your Lives soon. Uh, we'll be coming back from break in a couple of months, or a couple of months, in a couple of weeks, and one of the first episodes that we're going to drop, and I might talk to Daphne about dropping it even a little early, who knows, we'll Ooh. see, but, you know, we're recording this week, kind of a recap of that weekend, so if you want to really hear in depth a lot of the things that went on, check out that episode of Run For Your Lives sometime soon. <laughs> nice. Well, we are excited that you had that awesome trip, had a great time, and have some great stories to tell, and we're happy that you mm-hmm. made it back. Um, so we could talk about this episode. Yeah. Just in time. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Sweet Tooth Season 2, Episode 1, titled In Captivity. Pake, where do you want to kick it off tonight? All right. This one is, like, so small and it's really not even, like, a point, but I really wanted to include it, so I moved some stuff around to make sure it was. Yeah. Because I remember it was, like, a small point of importance in the first season, and mm-hmm. it's still a very small point of uh, point of importance, but Johnny, I gotta talk about Johnny. I remember I like to talk about Johnny a lot in season one, and so here we are again. We're seeing Johnny. Uh, he's being left in charge while General Abbott is away on this mission to talk with these people, whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess I'd rather much deal with uh, Johnny personally. I would much rather <laughs> deal with him, although. Some of the way that the others are speaking about him sounds like he's capable of some pretty dark shit, right? Uh, we don't know. It's like, you know, oh, that weird hippie guy. And it's like, do you know who that weird hippie guy is? It's a scary. He's like, that's one scary guy. You know, you're like, what? what's <laughs> what's going on here? Um, which yeah. he does kind of have that, like, uh, serial killer look and vibe to him. <laughs> we talk he, about that a little bit. Yeah, he looked a I don't know. There was a look in his eye. He looked a little unhinged. Yeah. He's, or that he could be. He he could be, but I also... I was very on Team Johnny, Team Good Guy Johnny last season, talking about, like, he's going to be the one that's working on the inside, and he's going to... And I don't know, but it's just like... Even though he seems a little scary, you can tell he has a soft spot for these hybrids, for these kids. Like... Mm, maybe, yeah. I, I just... I feel like... He's not happy having to deliver them to to sing. He's not happy to see them mistreated. And that's, you know, when Wendy and Gus are caught with the radio, I think that they were very lucky that it was Johnny that caught them. Because uh, we see he just kind of returns them back to the cage unharmed. Not really any issues. You know, he takes the keys back away from Maya. And, like, I guess a pretty nice way uh, compared to ways he could have taken them, you know, where he just... Snaps his hand, you know, keys, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, they, you know, he does have the collar put on Bobby, which, I mean, hey, he's still got to do his job. Which I don't know what that collar was 
Like, worst case scenario, is like, oh, God, like a shot caller? It's like, no, I don't think he would do that. I think it's just like a GPS transponder yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like, like a tracking call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but still, I, 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 I have a good feeling about Johnny. I don't know why. I've just kind of felt that, like, vibe even in the first season where I was like, he seems a little strange and a little off, but I think he might be a good guy. Uh, and that, I guess, the main reason i think that with this episode too is we get the the narrator voice uh james brolin Mm -hmm. and in that voiceover he says you know this is a story about the last men the ones who tried to hurt us and the ones who tried to help and i'm like oh i still feel like Mm -hmm. yeah johnny johnny might end up being a hero for our beloved hybrid kiddos right i'm I'm still team good guy johnny for now we'll see what happens what unfolds in this season but right now I, i still i still have hope for him I can buy that. I guess until he proves otherwise. I mean, we know for now it sounds like he's on, you know, last men team, but we'll see if he softens or mm-hmm. if he is doing like a double agent type thing or something. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I think he, he, he was less harsh than what he could be. So I think that's a, you know, a good point compared to, you know, when you see Abbott and some of the others. Yeah. Um, and how cold they are. Nice. Yeah, I was hoping you'd mention um, mention that. Well, I want to go ahead and start with Birdie. Mm-hmm. Um, I we know that she was somewhere very cold, uh, and she's in Alaska, right? I think we it's we know like that. an Alaskan U.S. Army base. Yeah, yeah. So, no, she's somewhere very cold, um, and she's on the hunt for something. And you know, I'm just. I don't know. They must have done a really good job, I think, with shooting those scenes because, man, I felt the freaking cold (laughs) (laughs) just watching that. I was like, y'all are doing a really good job. I can feel that. And seeing how brave she was to let go spelunking down between these freaking glaciers. Mm -hmm. And she's alone. Like, does anyone even know she's out there? Well, I mean, maybe I just answered my own question when we see how that ends up for her. after she's uh, fishing around down that ship or whatever, and her um, her wire gets pulled on her, but um, mm-hmm. you know, as as far as she knows, there's no one out there right to help her if she gets stuck, if she gets in trouble, um, something her equipment doesn't work right or whatever. I that, that that was just a huge fear for me. Seeing that that camera shot of her like uh, where it was like down on the ground, and she it, you see that upward shot of her spelunking down. Yeah. Um, no, no. Well, I got you. nervous just like the rope or like cable was mm-hmm. just like over that one rock and i'm just like watching it like don't let that rock like s- like cut into it and snap it <laughs> you know like what i was like put it beside it's like rubbing right there on the edge of that rock i don't i don't like that <laughs> no i was waiting for it to like start fraying yeah mm-hmm. and the ro- uh the, the rope yeah all all the uh all the triggers going off for sure um so she's hunting for something she finds this ship and what falls. is this, Goonies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. It was definitely having some like Goonies flashbacks for sure. Uh, different environment for sure. It wasn't yeah. no ice or snow in Goonies, but very, yeah, very similar. Like this pirate ship kind of, you know, uh, that's what it did kind of look like. And then, yeah, she yeah. falls through and uh, surrounded by these corpses, which ick. Um, and then there's purple flowers everywhere. Mm-hmm. which was interesting and 
there was like I. It was kind of hard to see. There was like this one huge purple flower. Was it yeah. growing on some someone? Because that's where she found the journal. It's kind of what it looked like. Is almost like it was, yeah, like really blooming from that corpse that was there. Which we know the purple flowers from the first season kind of start growing as an indicator of death from the sick. You know, mm-hmm. when people have the sick, then the flowers start growing around them in their house. And that's usually right before or after they die. So so it's kind of like this tie of like, oh, so the sick goes back to this instance with this ship in the, like, Arctic somehow. Um, yeah, we don't... That leaves us with some mysteries. Because yeah. if that... Because she pulls that journal from that body, which was, mm-hmm. you know, a journal of Dr. James Thacker. But yes, it was, like, James 1971. Thacker. So it's like, was the sick around in the 70s with this guy? Or was he looking for something? Like, there's a lot of clues that, like, questions that they threw out. That they We have nothing. Nothing to go on right now. But stuff that will come back, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I Yeah, definitely not telling us anything just yet. Just some clues. Um, because it... it, it probably is important whatever this journal is that she finds um and i i feel like whatever the cure is going to like if they find a cure then it's going to be linked to those purple flowers because they keep emphasizing them all the time Mm -hmm. and they're always talked about and especially seeing how prominent they are especially like that giant purple flower i don't think we've seen them that big it's usually smallish kind of purple mm-hmm. flowers layering the ground or you know sprinkled throughout wherever like you said uh, it's been the presence of like the sick yeah or you know someone having had it in that area um so they're usually not that big they're usually kind of small um but given how um, much emphasis has been given to them uh, throughout the first season then right here in the first episode um and then her finding this journal there's going to be something i think um and then also adding to the mystery of uh, her her rope getting yanked um, without her her prompting it, and she gets yanked back up again, and then she sees hoof prints. Yeah. Um, close to where that that winch was, and so what the hell, what the hell was that? You know. Right. Um, so interesting to see what you know to find out. I guess it's not really an, a whole lot of insight or anything. Just kind of talking it out. Um, what what Birdie's up to, and I'm interested to find out what what she's discovered and what it will mean, you know, for if you know if there's going to be care. Yeah. So that's where I'm starting out. Um, what about you? What's your next point? All right. Well, since you took the very beginning of the episode, I'm going to skip over a bunch and jump right to the very end. Not the very very end, Ooh. but but close to the end, <clears throat> which is also connected to Birdie because we pick back up on how season one ended, which is this sat phone call between Becky and Birdie. Mm-hmm. And yep. so we catch right back up with Bear slash Becky. She just only goes by Becky in this episode. And I'm like, I kind of already missed the Bear nickname. Uh, yeah, I missed that. It's badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we left off. She's on the sat phone. Uh, through this conversation, the, the good side of it is Birdie knows and learns that Gus is alive and he's been looking for her. Uh, we know that Becky does not know that Gus has been captured because she says, I'm with Gus. Well, not right now because he ran away after he learned that you're not his real mother is what she was going to say. Mm-hmm. And 
So he ran off and then, you know, Jeopard went off after him. So that reminded me, like, oh, yeah, so Becky has no idea that the last men caught them and shot Jeopard and took Gus. Like, she doesn't know any of that stuff. Right. So they're still just out there. Um, so at least now Birdie also knows that Gus is alive and actively looking for her and is out and about, sort of. Uh, but the bad side, of course, is that this call was tracked by the last men who then hunted and came down to the house and Judy and the house unfortunately both go down in flames although badass Judy with that flamethrower I was like alright Peter wow. the Queen <laughs> wasn't that awesome what a badass moment oh that felt like an Ellen Ripley yeah. moment there I was like oh my god I was not expecting her to bust out this freaking flamethrower right. I was so delighted Should've I was knocked. like hell yeah oh, it was so cool uh yeah, but uh, Becky does escape after all of it with this cassette that's got a message recorded on it for Gus from Birdie. What's a cassette? Yeah, I, it's like you got to have the joke where there's the kid that doesn't know what the cassette is. Uh, but Judy's there to to help it help her out, and she finds that right one, that shady grub. Yeah, she's like, is it like a thumb drive? No, bigger. This holds up that vinyl record. It's a like, no, record. but we're getting close. We're getting warmer. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, and also is going to be um, okay. So you found the cassette. Good luck finding something that can play that cassette. Yeah, that's You're my right. next thought. It's like, okay, you got the cassette, but um, where do you go now? Right. You got to run into somebody that's got like a Walkman or something. I, I need my old nineties boombox right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that was that was fun. And so we don't get a lot of Becky, but I wanted to to touch on. We picked up on her story a little bit, but then. Again, I wanted to tie the last point that I had in with this one is, again, we have the James Brolin narration voice kind of saying the same thing. This is a story about the last men. But then he changes it a little bit with this one. Where he says, the ones who quietly worked to save us all, but refused to go quietly. And then it focuses on Becky when he says that. Not the, the last men soldiers that are there, hmm. but Becky. And it got me thinking back to that first one was like where I was thinking in a literal sense Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, Johnny's maybe one of the last men who actually tried to help. But then I thought, maybe this narrator doesn't mean the last men, as in this military group that we've been seeing. What if he means literally the last human beings that exist on the planet? The last oh. men before hybrids took over completely. Maybe they don't beat the sick. Maybe they don't get a cure. And this is a story of, like, before it's just hybrids that are left, kind of the humans, the, like the last o- men that were, yeah, yeah there to, that, uh, that were there to help them uh, fight their fight. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, like, putting all that together in my head and, like, yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not think of that at the time and but i do think that they were i think some of that narration and the words that they were saying was purposeful i just didn't link yeah. it together because mm-hmm. i'm like why why those moments right but yeah that makes perfect sense yeah because i've kind of seen even before this season started some theories and people saying that james brolin that voice over is actually an older gus telling the story of what he went through what? and <laughs> Oh, wow. And so then I... when you listen to it with, the, you know, this, the, the last men, the ones who helped us and the ones who tried to hurt us. And it's like, well, he's talking from that perspective. So, 
Yeah, it's wow. interesting. Oh, pig, you're throwing all these things. On my brain right. can't take it all at once. No, it's been a been a long day, and my brain's not ready for this deep right. thought. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be an interesting theory, though, if maybe the humans, maybe we're just, it's like survival of the fittest. Maybe humans have had our time. Yeah. And this, you know, the hybrids are the next phase of evolution. I yeah. mean, you know, who who knows? Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the comic, and I don't know how closely yeah. they're following it, so I don't, I can't speak to the Yeah, I, I bought the full thing a couple, like, well, back when we were in Atlanta, so I guess like last mm -hmm. year. And... I read a good chunk of it, but then I kind of made myself stop once I got a little right. past like where we were in season one ending because I decided, I was like, well, I know we're going to cover this when it comes back, and I didn't mm -hmm. know if I wanted to spoil things coming forward, so I stopped reading. So <laughs> Yeah, good for you. It's different with like Lock and Key, where I've already had read it all in the past anyway, so I was like, well, right. <laughs> I know what I know. But with this, I was like, you know what, maybe if I can continue to let the show be unspoiled a little bit longer, I'll come back to the comics later. Yeah, that, they'll, they'll always be there. Yeah. And then you can kind of, you know, read them later and check in on how it went. Yeah, so I'm not familiar with this. Story. And even if I did, even if I did have, I wouldn't talk about it here or anything. Yeah. We would have a whole section for that if we wanted to talk about it. But I, I think that's a really interesting theory and, and hadn't thought of that. Maybe because, you know, they talk in, or Abbott does, and I'll, I'll try not to skip ahead and, or stomp on um, any of your points, but, you know, that that's kind of mentioned, sounds like there's like this new variant and mm -hmm. it's, you know, uh, really starting to take strain, over. Yeah. To it as. yeah. So like there's, you know, fewer and fewer, like population just keeps whatever's left, just keeps dwindling. So maybe there isn't, you know, going to be any stopping. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. Didn't even think of that. I just think, Oh, well, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a cure and we'll just work on it and uh, repopulate, start over. But maybe we're not meant to. Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, well, let's talk about some of these new kids yes. that we were introduced to. And I don't have a, I did not go back. I didn't do a rewatch, of, you know, full disclosure. I just, I did some recaps. Um, so I don't remember all of them, but I thought that some of the kids that we saw that were at the, at the reserve um, in season one were different than what we saw here. Yeah. But, I didn't go back to like like specifically look for things again but i do think they might have switched some stuff up on us a little bit where they had different ones at the end and then i don't know maybe they weren't sure if season two was going to happen necessarily maybe. or certain things but now that they have it they're like well let's make sure we actually know who the kids are that are in this group and we can focus on them and keep track of them now so yeah i i'm sure there's some that we saw that aren't here now or other way around like you know Kind yeah. of newer characters, but I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. I I didn't even really realize it at first, but um, you know, I thought, oh, I think I think there's some differences here than the kids that we saw last time. And you know, you make a good point. You know, I I got a feel for anyone who's starting a new show at Netflix. Netflix can get so twitchy sometimes yeah. about not renewing shows or canceling shows early. You know, I or even announcing that there's going to be a season two of a show, so maybe they didn't know that, and you know, so probably a lot of factors that that went in into um, all of that. But we got to meet some new kids, some new mm -hmm. hybrid children. 
it's it broke my heart. I swear I was in tears half the time seeing the <laughs> conditions that they were in and that they're starving and being fed dog food. Yeah. And Wendy's trying to hold strong like, you know, hey, we don't eat that, you know, that's that's not what we eat. And but I'm hungry, I'm starving and she's like oh you know she's feeling really bad for them so she's like okay fine go ahead and then just to see them all just kind of dive into that trough and mm-hmm. eat the and i'm like oh it's, just, it's cruel it's just cruel and it broke my heart and i yeah. i know i was in you know, tears the whole time just you know thinking about um those kids having you know being reduced to having to eat dog food um but you know gus gus doesn't um, and he and Wendy are, you know, kind of talking about the other hybrids because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know them. And it yeah. was interesting to learn the different limitations for some of them that, you know, some don't have vocal cords and that Wendy signs with them. I loved yeah. seeing that um, and seeing how the others have adapted that. And then some that maybe they do have the vocal cords, but they were never taught how to speak. Yeah. And then I think it's also to uh, or important to talk about that maybe some of them are uh, mute because they want to be uh, because of mm-hmm. the traumatic circumstances that they've probably been exposed to or been through. And a lot of kids do choose to just go mute mm-hmm. because that's their that's their response to what they've been through. They, they just, yeah. they shut down. So they might have the ability and maybe even know how to talk. They just choose not to. Um, so I love seeing her sign with them. Um, yeah. I, I just, Wendy is so damn cute. Um, <laughs> and she's so sweet to them. And in the absence, I think of their mom, she's kind of like everyone's older sister trying yeah. to take care of everyone and rally everyone. And, um, being truthful with them and so we we had some um new hybrids that we were introduced to we got bobby we saw bobby last <laughs> season so we got and bobby, bobby and <laughs> i'm digging all day <laughs> <laughs> he's starting to grow on me a little bit i was <laughs> i i have a note about that because i remember you were like very on the fence about bobby it was very back and forth last season so i'm like where do we sit on bobby now right rima where do, where do we where do we <laughs> feel they, yeah. They they pulled in my heartstrings with Bobby this episode. Um, yeah, I did. I struggled. I admit that. I was like, oh boy, I don't know what to think about this. I'm ha- I'm struggling here. Um, but they pulled in my heartstrings with Bobby when they put the collar on him and uh. Wendy's like hugging him and he's like all upset and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, don't don't you be mean to Bobby, you know? Yeah. So I think I've come around. Um, yes. And then we've got Jojo Raccoon, mm-hmm. and we've got Junior. He's got the you know beautiful yellow eyes, and Haley, who swears a lot. So I'm loving Haley. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she likes to swear. And then uh, there's twins great. Anna and Hannah um, that can hear everything. So I love. I I think that a lot of these new new um, hybrid kids that were um, being exposed to and and um, being introduced to are going to be able to like whatever their skills are, you know, yeah. or, you know, like the hearing, I, I feel like all that's going to come into play. Oh, so, I could see them planting seeds for sure in those places. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing about uh, Haley, 
the hawk girl or whatever. She's some kind of bird. Mm -hmm. I know for sure. The other special thing about her is that she can perfectly mimic other people's voices as well. She does that. Yes. And I was like, that is something I can 100% see coming back in handy. Whether, you know, she's pretending to, like, be Abbott giving an order to somebody or something. Like, they're going to use that in some way, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, there's Earl, who's a half-elephant, and the skunk Max, and the super-shy half-turtle Teddy. Um, they all seem to have, like, their own things either that they're really good at or talented or, you know, just through their... Um, uh, and call it a mutation whatever it is their characteristics their hybrid characteristics mm-hmm. um will be beneficial um in some way and they kind of already were they were using like uh earl's trunk to kind of reach you know for putting in the key in the keyhole and you know things like that but i, I agree there's going to be you know each each kid i think is going to play some kind of a role either in like their escape mm-hmm. or they're going to have like a moment to shine because they all have like their own talents, but it was heartbreaking to see the kids and the conditions that they were in and how Wendy, you know, was trying to rally them and give hope, but also kind of be real with them. Like she got pretty upset with Gus, you know, when they um, learned about what happened to Roy, who Mm -hmm. we didn't get to meet, but saw what happened to him, which I can't, I don't know, this... This show can be so lighthearted in some moments, but yeah. there are some really, really dark moments. Absolutely. You know, and that was one of them. I mean, I think we probably understood what happened to Roy, you know, and just the thought was enough. But then mm-hmm. to actually see him and you're like, oh, my God, you know, that's, yeah. that's you know, what what they did to him was heartbreaking. That's a kid, you know. Yeah. Um, that, that's just a line. So there, there's definitely darker moments in this show, and they really m- make sure that you're aware of them. Um, so I don't know, just seeing what these kids are having to go through and what they're facing and, you know, what's right outside those doors um, and the threat that looms over them was hard to watch. But cool to be introduced to all these kids. I can't wait to see what they do and the part that they're going to play in this season. Yeah. So... What's your next point? Yeah, that was actually one of my points as well. Was oh, cool. The, <laughs> meet the hybrids. Uh, <laughs> and just getting to, yeah, kind of set the stage with these cast of characters, like at least the kids, that we see some of them return. And yeah, and then also meet some new ones. But you pointed out some really good stuff. Uh, I was going to see if I had extras that you didn't mention. Uh, let's see. So we talked about Maya. That handy tail again, good. Uh, you didn't mention Finn the fox, uh, which is the oh, other new must kid. Have left him off my list. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, I thought it was kind of funny because it was stated that Finn doesn't really like to talk, and then I think he talked the most out of the other kids in this episode. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Because uh, she's like, yeah, he doesn't really like to talk. He's like, unless you know, well, what well, is? Yeah, I don't remember the exact line. He's just like, because I don't want to or whatever. But then. He was pretty vocal most of the episodes. So I was like, okay, that's Finn. true. Um, <clears throat> I say, yeah, I mentioned Otto the porcupine, Max the skunk, which you know we have to have him on the team if for anything, just for well-timed fart jokes. Clearly. Just yeah, that's the what fart jokes. That's what he's yeah. there for. Uh, <laughs> that's his spe- special uh, <laughs> talent. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Teddy the turtle. 
very shy and quiet, having the hardest time, it, probably due to the fact that his fear of the dark is not helped by being in this cage. Uh, and then you mentioned yeah, Roy, which we saw taken last season, uh, and we know that he was the first subject for Dr. Singh. And Wendy and Gus later realized that. Uh, <coughs> see, their, their plan to reach Amy on the radio... So then Wendy and Gus have to get their way out. So they send Bobby after the keys. And he goes, ah, Graboid. Nope, it's just Bobby. Okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs> no, still in my head. Uh, no. I, I don't know if I buy the realism of Bobby pulling off his statue impression to get out of that situation. I was like, ah, it's a little, little It's a little bit of a stretch, but, uh, yeah. but I'll, 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 you know, I'll go with it. See no evil, speak no Bobby, hear no evil. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then last, just I could, I'd be good with regularly being serenaded by Teddy while oh, watching his right. voice. Just the cutest, so adorable. <laughs> when he broke out into song, "Thank you for being a friend," and I was like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, he's singing the Golden Girls yeah. song." <laughs> oh, loved it. Yes. So cute. So, yeah. so yes, yeah. that was just funny. Yeah, I wanted to talk about them as well. So I had a couple extra little notes, but yeah, yeah. This... Well, thanks for calling out the 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 ones I forgot there. Because um, yeah, I just did not have them on my list. Yeah, all all the kids and just I don't know, soft spot for kids, you know, and and the thinking about the danger that they're in, you know, yeah. um, in in this world and how poorly they've been mistreated. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing again, you know, um, like, oh, we don't want to live around, you know, uh, neighborhoods that allow hybrid kids and, you know, blaming right. them for the sickness and, you know, just seeing how uh, they've been hunted, like all the things that we saw from season one. I mean, right. it's, and it's sickening. That, yeah. For us to remember, it's like these are children born yeah. from human mothers like these are kids all under the age you're all the age nine and under like that's kind of the other than gus that's kind of the cutoff so it's like these are all young children and the way that they're being treated and just babies abused it's terrible yeah yeah it's it's i mean just leaves a pit in my stomach thinking of like how how they're treated i'm like they're they're kids um so, yeah, and then seeing them in those conditions and seeing how, imagining all the terrible things that they've been through um, just broke my heart. So I'm really looking for them to, like, shine and yeah. live and, you know, make it out. Um, I really want a happy ending for all these hybrid kids, yeah. not just the ones in this episode. Um, well, my next point I just wanted to, it's kind of short because I mean, so much of this, and I feel like this happens to me every like premiere episode, because I feel like we're, we're, we're getting information, but so much of it is set up, like getting us yeah. ready for the season. So I feel like I have more questions and what I have like a whole lot of like insight uh, to anything that freaking happened um, because we weren't given all the answers yet. And that's okay. We don't have to, but I feel like that's just all I'm full of right now. But <laughs> I'm curious, you know, where the hell or what the hell, I guess, General Abbott was up to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the lowlands, I 
I feel like we just there's so much we don't know about like what the rest yeah. of the world looks like. You know, we we we've we got a little glimpse into some places uh, last season, um, but it, it and then like who's in control? Like, is there an actual any type of functioning government? It sounds like General Abbott's kind of it almost, right? Isn't that kind of the impression we were given? last season or at least he yeah. wants to be that's what of. i kind of felt was he was just kind of this like dictator type character who just assumed control over everything but now with this episode it feels like there's people that are like above him or that he will put himself at a level of like trying to be accepted by them and yeah so it's like what is the power dynamic what is because I have a note about that, too. Just I was very intrigued by that plot, and I want to see where it goes. Because, yeah, he meets... He goes out to Utah in the Lowlands mm-hmm. to meet with Dutch, who's seemingly a member of this group. I guess... I don't know if it's an official group, where, but he says the three. Right. Which seems like a very, like... Like, who are know, they? tribunal are kind they? of thing. Uh, yeah, and they represent different states? Is that what it was? I guess, because there was somebody from Texas named Zong Mm -hmm. that wasn't there. And then he said something else about uh, another member from the West that also didn't show up. Which Utah's kind of West-ish in a way. Yeah, on its own, yeah. But yeah, so Habits coming to them was like some proposal, I'm guessing the cure or whatever he's working on. But Dutch just tells him they're not interested. And, you know, aside from Dutch being there he was practically snubbed like almost it would have been like it would have been worse if just nobody showed up but dutch was there just to tell him his literal like his exact words is we'll never accept you i'm just like man i'm curious to see where this goes who are the three what power do they actually have what's their connection with abbott does he really have that much power or is there somebody more powerful than him yeah i don't know i know like are they like rebels, you know, um, some sort of like resistance. But then why he, see, he, I don't know, he just seems so agreeable to them. So if, if that's what they were, then I don't know why he'd be agreeable or if they're gang leaders or something. Um, and it's interesting why he needs them, like why he's wanting to talk to them and why he's concerned that they aren't going to uh, accept him. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like they're all aware, at least, of what's going on. I mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we're finding out that, you know, this virus, this sickness um, is mutating and it's spreading really fast. I think, we, again, we covered the show two years ago during the pandemic. <laughs> it's feeling <laughs> like very familiar territory yeah. here, talking about you know these different variants and 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 things like that, and how right. um, these things mutate and get worse, and you know cause more problems. Um, so hearing that, I'm just like, oh geez, where have we heard this before? Right. Um, but th- it's mutating, it's spreading at an ar- alarming rate or alarming rate. Um, and so yeah, who are these people? And why does Abbott want to have anything to do with them? Why does he need them? If he's so powerful, why does he care? Do they have something that he needs? Right. Maybe they have access to something that he can't get to. Maybe. I don't know. I thought if he was so powerful and had this army, he seems to command all of these people. Why can't he just go in there and get it? You know, or do they have more people? 
and he can't, I don't know. So I'm really interested to learn because it, it, we haven't seen him, I don't think at this point until now, being kind of the weaker um, opponent. So I'm curious to see why he needs these people. Yeah. And what they have. So kind of a short point because, again, just more curiosity than anything. Um, but just wanted to kind of call that out um, and why he would leave, why it was important enough for him to have to go to this reserve or mm. leave the reserve, I mean, to go meet these people. Because um, it seems like he needs to be there to oversee all these things that's going on and getting um, uh, Addie to keep working on the cure. Mm-hmm. So, but I, you know, and I, but I don't feel like. I hope that they they won't try to make uh, him actually be like a good guy or right. the, 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 <laughs> the least worst or something out of all the bad guys in this world, because it's like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I I'm looking for like a redemptive arc for Abbott or anything yeah. like that. So I hope that they're not going going for that, introducing us to some new bad characters or something you know but i guess i guess we'll see so anyway a lot more questions than than anything but that's wanted to make sure i called that out so what do you have next all right uh the next one seems kind of basic i'm going to talk about gus but uh yeah i've (laughs) always good to talk about gus but but especially kind of a a complicate not really complication but I think this season is going to give us a more complicated and more moral, you know, questions and all these things about the arc of Gus and who, mm-hmm. who is Gus through this season and kind of the things he's going to have to face about himself, about others and the world that he lives in. And cause we see that again, he's the oldest hybrid that we, that we know of right now anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's having to mature even quicker and he's put in positions that really no kid should ever be in. And he's having to make these kind of decisions and, and lead. He's found himself almost in a leadership position too, uh, mm-hmm. just because of his ability to, to talk and communicate and, that he's kind of been on the outside surviving for a little bit anyway. So these kids look up to him, these other ones, but then just kind of adult issues that he's having to deal with. We see the first time we see him in this episode, he's having a nightmare about Jep with, you know, he's the one that called that number that brought the first men to them that got Jep shot and got him captured. And so, you know, he's feeling guilty to, to some degree. I mean, in that dream, there's literally blood on his hands yeah. And he's he's blaming himself for for the big man for Jep, even though he's telling Wendy later not to blame herself for Roy and not to blame herself for you know Amy being missing and because you know because he's like I you know <laughs> I've made mistakes too, but you know you can see that it is weighing heavily on him a little bit. Uh, and then later with Roy, the Roy situation. Which I was like, Gus, if, if you want her to not look, saying the words don't look is uh, the way to guarantee that she will look. I, you, you shouldn't right? say anything at all. Um, <laughs> work on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but when they go back to the group after Johnny returns them, uh, they don't have the best news to return with. Wendy did send that quick message out, but they never heard a response. 
Uh, and then that's when Finn asks about Roy, and they choose very different reactions. Wendy says, oh, he's not coming back, and she would have gone on to give them the harsh truth, just as it was. But it's Gus that butts in and tells them, because he escaped, he's alive, and he made it out, and we heard him searching for him, and he's gone. And he chooses to lie to them, mm-hmm. to keep them calm and keep their morale up, which is interesting. And this is it, thinking about that first season and kind of the arc of Gus growing up here. He was so pissed off at his pubba for lying to him in season one, for yeah. not telling him the truth and, and trying to protect him whenever he felt like he should have been. Again, the tremor stuff is in my head. So privy to <laughs> <laughs> critical, most needful information. Um, no, <laughs> but yeah, and so to see how he was so mad at Pubba for lying to him, and he was—he didn't understand how could you lie to me? You know, you tell me the truth, and you don't hold things from me, and then to turn around and now that he finds himself in some kind of leadership position, so to speak, he's realizing a reason for doing those kind of things, and he chooses to do that himself. That is a really good point that I wonder if that would make him a little less angry, you mm-hmm. know, with, with Papa and, and yeah. maybe he, maybe he is a little less angry after his little, um, vision yeah. that, that he had with him uh, last season maybe, but yeah, that's a really good point that he can come from a place of like understanding why he mm-hmm. said the things that he said and why he wasn't as forthright you know, with him and, and why you would want to fudge something like that. Mm. And you, you do kind of understand. I do think it's, it's good to be truthful, but you know, you, you know, is it a good thing to give them hope, you know, or to tell them the truth that, you know, he's not coming back. Maybe you don't go to the extreme of like what really happened to him and what fate awaits them. But you know, like, well, he's not coming back, you know, something bad happened or he's not coming back, you know, is that, is that what you want to tell them? And then they, they do lose hope. Sometimes hope Mm -hmm. is, you know, that little, just enough that, you know, holds you together in a situation like that. But that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see, yeah, Gus, just like his own personal growth and maturity and morality and the way he just deals with other people, I think is going to change a lot over this season. And I'm interested mm-hmm. to see how that works. And so we get that. There's the serious <laughs> Gus stuff that we get in this episode <laughs> where it's like, oh, he's really, he's going to be put through it. But then we also have the other side of Gus that we fell in love with in season one. We have the sweet, charming, adorable, funny kid. Um, but also just that he takes time to go out of his way to be kind. I love that as part of his deal with with Singh, that he takes the flashlight from him so he can make the nightlight in that jug of water for Teddy. I know. Which, man, shut up, you cried. I I know. (laughs) No, No, uh, that was you. I'll be honest, that one was a tough one to hold in while on a plane with a bunch of people while watching this on my phone. Um, (laughs) So I watched this the first time on my way to New Mexico. It's uh, like just on my phone in a plane i'm like you can't cry right now peg you gotta hold it in <laughs> no it's t- uh <laughs> i've cried on a plane <laughs> a uh, uh, I know. why are you so cute making me tear up like this uh, um <laughs> man so we see that and then also just 
the other thing that really enamored us to Gus is just his innocence and naivety. Mm-hmm. And we see that in the line, you know, when he's talking with Wendy, the, the, the grow a pair bit. Classic, <laughs> classic, like season one kind of Gus moment that cracked me up where Wendy looks at him like a pair of what? And he's like, I don't know. He never said like, it's just. <laughs> I giggled so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, not what I expected. Not where not at all what I expected to hear, but just Right. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. He's such a cute kid. Yeah. Yeah, you make make some really good points. And I don't know if you have this too, so hopefully I'm not stepping on it. It's not it's it's kind of one of my notes, but you know, to add on to that the everything that he's gone through because he was so sheltered when he was mm-hmm. growing up with Peppa um, before he left that enclosure that they were in. Um, but he's had to like grow up so fast yeah. and the things that have happened since then and what he's facing now even still continues, you know, to, to be put through it. It was hard to watch Addie with Gus and where he's, still threatening him and intimidating Mm -hmm. him you know like this is what i'm going to have to do to you if you don't talk to me and i know we talked about it last season like man i i want to root for this guy right and i i understand where he's coming from he has someone that he deeply cares about and he has to do these horrible atrocities to be able to keep that person that he cares about alive and also to try to come up with a cure to maybe save people um, and to have a cure. So it it there's just no black and white here at all. Right. Like, do you excuse what he did to his and other kids or what they're making him do, like with Roy and mm-hmm. knowing what that kid was put through, um, what he's talking about doing to Gus and his and the other hybrid kids that he has? Um you know, because he's like, you know, is that what you said to Roy? You know, did you say that to him too? And, um, or, you know, and, and he's like, you know, he he gave me the ability to keep someone I care about alive for a little while longer, you know, yeah. I'm kind of paraphrasing there. And it's like, oh, makes you think about his perspective a little bit, you know, and, but it's like, how do you reconcile you yeah. know, killing innocent kids for this secret sauce, right? Right. Um, and it's it's horrible. Because <laughs> yeah. you get the sense, like, he doesn't want to. No. But he also is willing to. If, yeah. You know, to, to save his wife and himself, he will make that decision that his, you know, morality can be bent a little bit. He's like, well... You know, I can justify it for myself. Uh, and, you know, we, that could be a whole argument is like, is it worth mm-hmm. taking the lives of these children in order to save your sick wife who, you know, is that what she would want? Is I mean, she seems to be thankful that he keeps going. So, yeah, it's just a really muddy morality kind of place. Yeah, it's just like, man. And I think, you know, so he's like threatening Gus, but I don't I don't know if I view it 100 percent as like threatening as much. He's just being honest. Where he was just like, look, if you want to live, you talk to me and you give me the answers I want. Because if you don't, then you wind up like the others. Then, then we'll just get, it's like, and it's yeah. not necessarily a threat that like you talk to me or else I'm going to do that. It's kind of, he's 
almost delivers it. Yeah. yeah, but he almost delivers it in kind of a sad way. He's just like, I, I want you to talk to me so that that doesn't have to happen to you. That is true. Yeah, there is there is that side of it. I just I, I guess it was more intimidation to get mm-hmm. him to talk, and I get that he's trying to do that so he doesn't have to do that. I I know yeah. he doesn't get enjoyment. He's not enjoying what he's doing. Yeah, and I don't envy that position that he's been put on. Um, you know, with with Abbott and him and Abbott forcing him to do these things because it's not just his wife he's trying to save, but the thought of you know um, saving you know, all, all humans, um, at the same time. And this happens to be at least as far as they know, the the best way to go about it. I'm, I'm hopeful that there's something else, you know, besides having to do, um, that cause I, it's, it's so dark and so hard to reconcile. And, Mm -hmm. um, so seeing, seeing Gus presented with, you know, being in that kind of situation and have, having to talk to Addie, um, and negotiate in that way for his life and the lives of all of his hybrid friends. Um, it was hard to watch. It was a hard yeah. watch to see for me. So, but it was interesting, you know, thinking that, you know, there was something about Gus, you know, being this maybe first hybrid that doc, that maybe there's going to be something that Dr. Addy can put together. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what he hopes to gain if he can somehow get Gus around purple flowers to kind of have this hallucination again with Pubba. Right. He's not really like is he wanting to kind of glean some information there because I mean he's not really talking to Pubba. Right. It's, I, mean- <laughs> I, I again a little far-fetched, a little bit of a stretch, but I'm like I guess, you know, desperate times, right? Uh but it's just like that, that saying, yeah, would, would, that Addy would latch onto that idea so much. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's the answer was just give a child a strong hallucinogenic and see what happens. Uh, I mean, I guess it's better than child murder. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's the moral debate. Let's not have. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you going to kill children or give them drugs? Don't, neither. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what he's hoping, hoping to, to glean from that. Um but I'm I'm glad he's at least looking for an alternative, yeah. You know, to that and hoping it buys him some time. But it doesn't sound like he's got a whole lot of time. So, anyway, sorry, I was kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent on your, <laughs> um, you know, arc with with Gus and uh, just him thinking about being strapped to that chair and being in this situation, and now he's mm-hmm. even more being forced to grow up and put in that kind of position. Yeah. So. I I don't have any other points or notes. So whatever you've got, oh, where you want to wrap up? Yeah, right I've ahead. got another point and then some notes, which kind right of ahead. ties into that, is because that is uh, the things, Addie and Ronnie. Um, we see another guilt-based nightmare. We have two. The fact mm. that there's two. What's that uh, meme? It was just like. <laughs> If I had a quarter for every time I saw a guilt-based nightmare scene in this show, I'd have, well, I'd only have 50 cents. But it's surprising that it happened twice. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, But this time it's Ronnie who is dreaming of her and Addie moving away to a new home. Maybe it was her remembering actually moving into, I think, Rockbridge was what it was called in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she's being shown the place by old nosy Nancy from last season. Oh, yes. Uh, 
who at the end of this sequence reminds Ronnie about how she got killed by this thing's horse right there in the yard. Uh, <laughs> which is where it takes that turn. You're like, oh, oh yeah, Trixie. Good job, Trixie. Good, good girl. Uh, <laughs> And that's, you know, then she kind of wakes up into this operating room situation, or she's getting the, the dose, the shot. Uh, Addie's still able to give her her meds, holding off on the sick, killing her. But Abbott is also really holding that over his head. You know, you keep working, even if that means continuously killing hybrids and not sleeping, and you make yourself miserable, that's fine, but you're going to find this cure if she doesn't live you don't live none of us live Mm -hmm. um so i mean we see abbott definitely is cruel but he's running against the clock himself yeah this doomsday strain as they're talking about the second big wave of the sick has begun and they're without a cure likely not going to survive it and so he finds abbott finds himself on a very you know ticking clock and he pushes that down on addy even harder Mm -hmm. uh i did (laughs) think it was kind of funny listening to their bit about albuquerque uh again considering my first watch of this was on a plane to new mexico so that was kind of funny um <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh let's see yeah then gus being the next hybrid brought to sing we talked about that a little bit it's like and it's extra terrifying for gus and wendy as they're the ones that know what happened to the last one uh but gus is allowed to live and even makes a bargain for the lives of the others as for now at least all he has to do is talk to dr singh and answer absolutely any of his questions that he has to the best of his ability uh because he wants to see if he can get answers without having to kill the hybrids especially one as intelligent and unique as gus although i don't know of the extent that gus is unique he hasn't quite grasped fully yet but he starts putting little pieces together at least very loosely for now uh the fact that Gus is very adamant about the fact that he is 10 years old, not nine. I am 10. 10 summers, 10 winters, 10 birthdays. Uh, yes. And so that's kind of strange. And no belly Addie. button. Yeah. No belly button, uh, as the paperwork says. And then the fact that adding on to that, that Gus is also very adamant about making sure that he knows, I don't have a father. I don't have a mother. I don't have parents. Yeah. And and we know that's true is Gus figured that out near the end of season one, that he was born, in quotes, uh, in a lab before the virus even happened. Was he the cause? We still don't know. Still lots of answers and questions that are just floating around out there. But but Addy's starting to piece these things together very loosely. I don't think he realizes just how special Gus is, but he's starting to get some hints. Uh, and that's why, yeah, then the purple fl- purple, flower fan, uh, purple flower plan. Uh yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> here, kid, do some drugs. Tell me what you see. Uh, <laughs> oh, all uh, the great then, morals. Yeah, on, on the back end of the purple flower situation, then the next time he goes to see Ronnie, there is a flower growing in the corner of the window in her room, so he is running out of time. Which might be bad uh, for Gus, is in... What's the worst thing that can happen right now that they've come up with this kind of deal to work with each other is to have something like that happen, which is going to press Addy to work faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to see if I had any extra notes because you said you didn't really have any other... 
I don't think so. I think we talked about most of them, other than let's say again the the zoo being repurposed or reclaimed for Homo sapiens, as they say in the base mm, there. Yeah. Um. And then just kind of the very end of the episode, we didn't talk about a uh, dog is dropped off to Gus yes. there. Yes. Food drop. And they're taking that as a sign to mean that Big Man and Amy are alive and together. It's got their sense on it. Uh, and we know that's true. How did they get dog to Gus? How did they get... Because we know the guy that drops off the food's a total dick. So he exactly. had nothing to do with that. But then I wonder, well, is there somebody working on the inside in the zoo? Uh, because as far as we know, Amy and Jep didn't know anybody. So it kind of yeah. seems like I'm I'm sh- I'm confused about that. I'm sure there will be a reveal. I'm sure we will get that answer, but it seems <laughs> a little strange like okay, so they maybe the radio went through Amy and Jeopard heard Wendy on the radio, knew where they were. But then somehow they got this to them as like a sign that like we heard you were out here, but how did they get that? That's how- what I want to know. Yeah, how did they get dog and the bag of food? That was going to be fed to them mm-hmm. to be able to give that sign. I mean, we know Jeopard was a former last man. I wonder if he still has any friends. And you, you have to assume not all of the last men are dicks. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to some because we know Jeopard has said, you know, I did what I had to do to survive. Yeah. You know, whenever someone's like, you were one of them, right? And he's like, I did what I had to do to survive. You know, there could be a lot of people in that same situation that they're doing what they need to do to survive. And, you know, whether they have family to look out for or for themselves. And it's we've seen what happens out in the world, you know, when it's, you know, um, kind of, you know, lawlessness and how scary it is and and. It just it doesn't look great, right? When you're outside of um, like that. So, at least if you're one of the last men, yeah, you are doing terrible things, and you have to you have to reconcile that and live with that. Um, but you survive because they mm-hmm. have access to what food, medicine, you know, supplies and things that other yeah. people don't. Um, so, there could be good people that Jeopard is still friends with, and maybe that's how. Yeah. Just speculation. Because, yeah, yeah I, I was like, how the hell did I get in there? <laughs> I'm curious. I was like, Johnny? Good guy, yeah. Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I have to guess they're not all assholes in, um, in that group. There's got to be someone that has some sympathy or, you know, they don't love what they're doing, but they're in a really tough spot, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's all the notes I've got. We did it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I'm excited because now we get to go watch the next one. I know. We're back to like, I can watch the next episode <laughs> after we're done recording. Yay! I know, I know. After we finished um, you a couple weeks ago, I was just like, oh. Well, now I guess sit here and wait for Sweet Tooth to come out so we can watch that. And mm-hmm. it's good to um, have that. It's a good... You know, people are like, how do you do it? How do you not watch the next one? And, you know, shockingly, there's just that really good feeling of just, you know, when they leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger and you have mm-hmm. to stop it and you can't watch it. You know, there's, yeah. I don't know, there's a, there's something there about that. Because we know that we get to come together and talk about it before the next one. So it's that's, like, okay. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Thanks. All right. Well, 
I think that was a great conversation around episode one. I'm excited to hear what our listeners have to say. There was yeah. some excitement. People were pretty excited to see this come back. So I'm excited to um, to see and hear what they think. Um, yeah. You want to take that first one? All right. First one from Don Elizabeth, who says, I told you in a chat, Rima, that I'd forgotten what a sweet show this is. I guess I'd also forgotten how dark it is, too. I watched last season again before this first episode of season two and was quickly reminded that it isn't all cute and heartwarming. While it was great seeing Gus, Jeppers, and Bear, and Addie and his wife, seeing Abbott and his merciless gang and what they're making Addie do is stressing me out. I find myself wondering if I could do what he is doing to save someone I love. I kind of hope not. It was good to see Birdie again. I wonder if she is back at the original site to get whatever was found, to try the experiment again, to find a cure this time. I was sad to know that Judy is gone. Or is she? I didn't trust her at first. Looking forward to seeing Jeppers and Amy working to save everyone. I'm glad this show is back. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. All right. Um, Maureen Favo says, So great to be back. Meeting all the kids is so much fun. Glad they touched base with everyone. What do you think makes up Abbott's deal with Albuquerque Group? What is Birdie looking for? I think we had those same questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> I think I think Birdie might be looking for a cure, maybe. Um, that's just speculation. And then I yeah. don't know about the whole thing with Al- Abbott's group that he was meeting up with. I don't have a clue. I can only as- assume that they have something that he wants. Yeah. So. I'm very curious, though. I'm sure we'll find out in due time, but I want it now. I get it. <laughs> I know. I know. I want to know right now. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll find out soon. Uh-huh. Thank you. All right. Yeah. And we have an email from Daphne. So I get to read that. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> she says, hi, Rima and Paik. I'm so excited that Sweet Tooth is back. There's so much darkness in this show, and it makes you appreciate the little bits of sweetness and joy so much more. It was so heartbreaking to see the preserve being turned into an outpost or encampment, wiping away everything that ever represented the haven or preserve for the kids who were in Amy's care and all of her hard work. They're so cruel. Wendy, a.k.a. Pigtail, is so thoughtful, supportive, and caring to everyone. I love that she was kind to Gus and helping him assimilate into the preserve family. When she was introducing everyone, I started to worry about who would be next in Dr. Singh's experiments and research. Gus already cares about them all, and it was so sweet how he negotiated for the nightlight for Teddy. It was fantastic to see them all working together to help Wendy get the radio, or to the radio. Also, that Gus tried to spare Wendy from seeing Roy, and that he tried to keep hope alive by telling the others that he escaped. Another thing I appreciated was the use of sign language as a form of communication between the kids. So smart. It's too bad that the Doomsday Strain isn't strong enough to take out people like Abbott. And oh, Judy, way to go out in a blaze of glory. At first I thought (laughs) she was going to blow the house up, but loved her flamethrower weapon, and that bear, a.k.a. Becky, could get out with the Shady Grove tape. I forgot how much I love this show, and this episode brought me right back in. Can't wait to hear you talk about it on the podcast. P.S. I love how Birdie isn't phased by the dead bodies all around. Now that she knows what's going on, I hope she can find a way back from Alaska to save everyone. Yay! <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Thanks, Daphne. Yeah, good to be back. All right, we did get a couple of voice messages too. That always makes me happy. Love to hear y'all's voices. Uh, first one we have is from our friend Steve. So let's see what he has to say. Hello, strange indeed. This is Steve, and uh, this is for Sweet Tooth Season 2, Episode 1. Welcome back. Uh, gosh, wow, a lot happened. I only got a chance to watch it once. Um, 
but I had an interesting weekend, so I'm uh, might get to try. I might try to watch it again um, before. Anyway, uh, but uh, it it looks like the show is taking a much darker turn. I think Pake. I think you mentioned that uh, the comic book is quite dark, so I think maybe they're starting to get to that point. Um, but wow, no Jeffords in this in this episode. I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping to see him. Um, or did we see him? Oh, now I'm, it's been a day or two since I watched it, and <laughs> I've had a lot of things happen. But. Uh, yeah, I uh, can't wait to see how far uh, this is going to go and, and how far reaching this universe is going to be or this uh, this show because it seems like they're they're branching out a little bit. We got to see Birdie again. Was that a flashback or is that somewhere that she's at right now? It sounds like maybe that's where she's at right now, still researching the virus or the flowers. And uh, okay, so I guess the newest question for all of your listeners and for you, Pei Kenrima, is which kid is the creepiest kid in the uh, animal kids uh, fair, uh, area um, uh, group there? Because, you know, Bobby's pretty creepy, but uh, now we've got a bunch more. Uh, and that chameleon kid, I'm kind of glad we didn't get to see him because uh, anyway, um, all right, I will talk to you next week. Oh, and before I forget what I meant, this the whole expansion thing is we get to see these these other three groups that apparently are uh, in the world or at least in the United States. So, okay, uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one and explain it because there's some stuff I didn't get. Talk to you later. Hmm. All right, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I don't know how helpful we were. I had more questions than anything, so hopefully right. Pink was able to answer some of that. Um, yeah, some of the creepy, the 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 raccoon kid kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So like, which one's creepiest? I'm like, I kind of find them all adorable a little bit. Uh, they're they're they've grown on me more for sure. I have come around to Bobby. Yeah, I but, uh, maybe maybe Junior, the owl. Just those are some big eyes. Those like, eyes just feel like they'd be staring right into your soul. <laughs> like I, you're they, gonna have to look somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, can you give me just a moment? Uh, yeah, that was a little off-putting when mm-hmm. I was like, "Ooh!" I remember kind of just physically like, "Oh goodness," yeah. <laughs> the the eyes. That would take some getting used to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe I. Yeah, sorry, a little bit creepy kid. Sorry <laughs> to that kid. Thanks, Steve. That was great. Um, next voice message we have is from our friend, Anwen. Hey. Hi, Rima and Pake. It's been a little while. As you know, uh, a lot of the shows you cover are just too scary for me because I'm a big chicken. But I'm back <laughs> watching along with you week to week for Sweet Tooth. And it's exciting to see the show back again, uh, see all the characters that we got to know last time, and of course the beautiful New Zealand scenery. Most of the scenes were shot in, most of the series in fact, is shot in the North Island the sort of countryside around there. And uh, this season, I believe, quite a few of the city locations as well shot around Auckland um, but I loved that opening scene um, that's set in the um, in the Arctic Circle and filmed here in the South Island at the Tasman Glacier so uh, it's pretty cool to see some of our natural beauty on screen um, I really enjoyed the story setting up again for this first season and although I was a bit confused because I forgot to watch a recap and I sort of forgot a bit what happened but it all made sense in the end um my only sort of slight criticism is bobby i just can't <laughs> quite get my head around it like i think the hybrids are awesome they are really well done with the prosthetics and i think the kids are really great at personifying this kind of hybrid 
animal human kid thing but Bobby is just like this little muppet to me <laughs> I can't quite get my head around it <laughs> anyway hoping that'll make a bit more sense to me later uh, it's really great to be listening and watching along with you guys again and we'll talk to you soon bye <laughs> I love that so much thank you Anna. that's great it's gonna be like a, another like through line of this season is just like where do people land when it comes to Bobby yeah team team Bobby or yeah oh gosh I I am trying yeah I yeah well now that and and I, I feel like I can be a little bit more sweet on Bobby um when I see yeah like the the Al kid because I'm like okay and who's who's more creepy um, right like that was which one of those looks more snuggly to you yeah yeah I think it was I think it was the collar that's what did me in it wasn't until then because I was still kind of like okay there's Bobby we're having some feelings and uh, Bobby man, oh god yeah. <laughs> I was like oh here we go yep there's there's those feelings again um, I don't know how I feel. But man, when they strapped him with that collar, that was enough for me. I was just like, oh, why are you doing that to him? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then I, it's all kinds of other feelings. Um, did we know, Did and maybe I forgot because, again, it's been two years since we mm-hmm. covered it and um, talked about it, that it was filmed in New Zealand? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think okay. I don't, I I don't remember I if we I don't remember if we talked about it too much the first season, but yeah, I was I was aware of that. Yeah. I I've, yeah, I'm sure that you were. You probably <laughs> told me and I've forgotten that information. So thank you, Anwen, for the reminder yeah. because Anwen, who is our resident um uh is it New Zealander? Is that the right Kiwi. Name? Kiwi, thanks. We can call oh you my Kiwi. God. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a very long day, so please excuse my brain. Yeah, that I've always said I've wanted to um, migrate there and just live mm-hmm. the rest of my days in that beautiful paradise of New Zealand. And yeah, um, that makes perfect sense. Why when I see the scenery from there, I'm like, okay, yeah, why do I want to go there? That's why, because it's filmed in New mm-hmm. Zealand. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Anwen. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, everyone that took the time to write in and leave us some feedback. I have, um, as I normally do with our Netflix shows when they're all out at once, I have posts for every single episode. So if y'all are out there binging it, um, watch the episode, find the post. Um, they should be in order, I think. It was a little late when I did it, but um, so they should be in order. Uh, <laughs> go find that post and leave us some feedback. And then, you know, yeah. you can... Um, you know, leave some feedback for each episode. You don't have to like keep up with us if you don't want to. Lots of folks don't. Um, a lot of people watch ahead and that's totally fine. Or you can watch week to week with us. So keep the feedback coming in. Um, we're thrilled to see what you think about this season. Yeah. So that means for us, um, next week, we're going to be covering season two, episode two of Sweet Tooth titled Into the Deep Woods. Hmm don't know what that is about didn't look at the description but um it wouldn't matter because i'm anxious to watch and see what the heck happens after um this episode left off right there was something that clicked with me on that episode oh yeah and that's going back yes uh, that's what it was i had to look up on imdb real quick to make sure yes because the season one episode one the pilot episode of the show was titled out of the deep woods 
Ooh, I thought there was some familiarity there. I did not go yeah. look at the season one titles, but I, mm-hmm. whenever I was um, looking this one up and when I was typing, I was like, Into the Deep Woods. I was like, why does that feel familiar <laughs> for some yeah. reason? Good good call. Good call so, back. Yeah. So, yeah, so the first episode was out of the Deep Woods. So now they're going back into. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to write in, leave us a message, a voicemail, all those great ways that you can contact us. Of course, you can find that information over at podcastica.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. Lots of other great stuff going on right now. Um, so a uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel podcast was started for this, like, it's I haven't watched the show, but I think it is the season. final season, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. it's the final season. Yeah. You can check that out. Um, From is back. Season two yep. of From is running right now. Alex and Lizzie covering that on the What is From podcast, which they got like interviews with all the main cast oh and everything of that, like between seasons. They're incredible. They're, or they're, they're doing. <laughs> absolutely killing it with getting the interviews. I mean,. Yeah. That that has been absolutely amazing. So yeah, um, that season two is getting ready to amp up. So be sure to check them out and all of their amazing interviews that they've gotten recently. Um, mm. Ben and Kristen are f- back full swing with their Lost um, podcast, doing a revisit of that show. That is fantastic as always. Um, yeah. See, um, Rich, Chris, and Jason um, recently. Um, came back with um, a review from the new movie Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I really need to get out and see it. Yeah. And Yellow Jackets, of course, oh, yeah. is being Yellow covered Jackets. right now. So there's, they there's had a week lot. off. And <laughs> right. Yeah. There was a bit of a, strange, strangely enough, um, there was a break with that show, like a, a yeah. week break, um, which you don't often see. Um, yeah. But you know they they had a little bit of time off but they're still in full swing with that so if you're interested in yellow jackets you should definitely check them out they do great things over there mm-hmm. so yeah all the great things happening right now at podcastica something yeah. for everyone yeah me and daphne would run for your lives on a little break i think we've officially announced the podcast for the next season is back on may 19th which is nice. my birthday so <laughs> on my birthday the new the new season will start that friday um, and again, I'll have our, uh, Tremors Fest weekend kind of update and talk about that. We'll be recording that in a couple of days and maybe we could put it up before the season or it'll be one of the first ones that pops up with the season. We'll see. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For all of the, the, the deep dive into Pig's trip, you'll have to go check it out there. Yes. He'll, he'll give all the tea. So yeah, so if you're interested in any of those shows, all those things going on right now, make sure to go pod, uh, go to podcastica.com, follow, subscribe, like, rate, review, whatever you can do for all of those shows that you want to check out, enjoy, or especially right here at Strange Indeed, if you haven't given us that love, do that for us too. We always appreciate it. <laughs> always appreciate it. And yeah, go, go show everyone some love, you know, everyone um, needs that. But for now, that is our show. So thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pate. And Karen Stoll Medeiros is strange indeed.